you are our Redeemer and that you love us so much that you're willing to leave heaven and come to this earth and to die on the cross for our sins. So I just want to give you all the honor and praise that you deserve. And just pray this in your name. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. If someone were to come up to you and ask you, What is faith? How would you respond? It's kind of an interesting question. And for some people, it's a challenging question. How would you describe faith to a child? How would you describe it to somebody in the Middle Ages? How would you describe it to an elderly person? What is faith? One of the answers I got was trust. You have to trust God. You have to trust whatever it is that you're enlisting in. Somebody gave me the analogy of you got this six-story building and it's on fire and you're up on top. No way to get down except to jump down into a safety net below you. You can believe all you want. But if you don't have the trust to believe that they're going to catch you down there, you're going to burn. You have to take that leap of faith. So you jump over the edge and say, like, well, this is it. God, I'm in your hands. Let his, let his hands catch you on the way down. And you land into the net. But it takes a tremendous amount of faith and trust to take that leap. And for a lot of us, we have to we go through that every day in our lives. As a congregation, we just went through that ourselves with the vote to proceed on with the addition to our building. It's a leap of faith. Believing and trusting that the job is going to get done. We often like to think that... Um, in churches, that the elders, the deacons, the pastors are the ones with the most faith. But I hate to disappoint you that in a lot of churches, that's not the case. The elders, the deacons, and the pastors don't have the most faith. They have the title, but they don't have the faith. And there's stories after stories about elders 
who have had situations going on with them, and even pastors. I remember a pastor one time, great pastor, inspirational pastor. The church was growing. They even talked about adding on to the church because the membership was going up and everything was going great. And he was a dynamic pastor, and he called himself basically a uh, one of the higher-up pastors. He had met the Pope, and I mean, he was dynamite and great. Until something happened. Alcohol got into the picture. Another person got into the picture. And suddenly, he's no longer the pastor of the church. The big, the mighty can fall if they don't have the faith. Where was his faith? There's this elder named Ray. He went through a spiritual crisis. He was a strong elder in the congregation for 20 years. Most people in the church considered him to be the pillar of the congregation. He gave millions of dollars to the church. It seemed that he loved the Lord and he loved his church, but he had a major shaking up when he had a heart attack. He told his pastor that he had been in bed crying because he was afraid of going to hell. He knew he was a Christian. He lived a wonderful life. But when it counted, his faith shattered. And that's why it's so important that we have a strong faith to get us through the crisis that we may have in our lives. Because our life is like a roller coaster. It goes up and down. We want our faith to be charged up here so something does happen. Yeah, we're going to get discharged a little bit, but we're not going to plumb it on down. We'll just come down partially. God will save us, protect us, and, and hand out his hand and lift us back up again. Where was his faith? Here's another individual. He was a nuclear engineer. And he decided to become a minister. Seems he had a strong faith. He started preaching after school and he seemed to have a successful ministry. He was raising a family and helping a great congregation to grow. This is why it was so shocking for them when his wife left him. What woman would want to leave a man who was such a strong spiritual leader in the home and in the church? Unfortunately, she had good reason to because he met a woman over the internet, ended up going where they weren't supposed to, and she packed up her bags and left. And this individual is no longer preaching or attending a congregation. They totally fell out of the church. Where was his faith? This morning in our gospel reading in the book of Mark, there's, there's kind of an issue going on here. We have this boy who was consumed with the spirit, evil spirit. The scribes are having a discussion, if you may say, or an argument with the disciples. And the father kind of had enough of it, and he goes to Jesus. Say, please save my son. Let's see what it says here in Mark 9. 
And when they came back to the disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. And immediately when the entire crowd saw him, they were amazed and began running up to greet him. And he asked them, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son possessed with the spirit which makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground and he foams at the mouth. And he grinds his teeth and stiffens out. And I told their disciples to cast it out, and they could not do it. And he answered them and said, O unbelieving generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. Where is the faith among the disciples? They could not cast that demon out of the boy. Hence the scribes were watching everything going on. They're thinking, well, these disciples of Jesus, who are they? They can't even cast out a demon. How can they be disciples of Jesus if they can't do that? So you can see everything in play. Everything is, is, is going up against each other. The boy has this demon. The disciples can't heal him. The father says, I'm taking him right, right to Jesus. Jesus can heal him. Jesus cannot believe the lack of faith in the disciples and the religious leaders and the disciples who are to take off in the ministry of Christ are challenged. The spiritual weakness in leadership is one of the present problems in the church today. We don't have strong enough faith why? Because we're being driven into different directions by the evil one, by the demons that are out there, by everything in this world grasping at us and say, come this way, come that way. Who are the faith leaders of the church? We would like to say they are the elders, the deacons, and the pastors. But a lot of the faith people in the church are those who are sitting in the pews who are the quiet ones. Why are they quiet? Because they feel, maybe, I don't say insulted, but they feel overwhelmed by the elders, the deacons, and the pastor. Because they, they feel, I don't have that title, so I'm not deserving to be in that group. And really, they are. Or, maybe somebody comes to an elder and says, hey, I got an idea. Why don't we do this? And the elder says, no, that's not going to work. So they get shot down right away. A lot of times we get shot down in this world because of some things that come up. Nobody gives it a consideration. And there's a story about this missionary. I'm almost embarrassed to tell this story because it reflects really badly on many of the churches. His name is J.C. Bailey. He was originally from Canada but was working here in the United States. Ira North from the Madison Church of Christ wrote him a letter to encourage him to travel to India as a missionary. At this time, the United States citizens could not enter this country, but since he was a citizen of Canada, he was able, he could get, get into India. J.C. Bailey elected to go to spread the gospel in a foreign country. 
He traveled throughout the United States looking to raise support for this mission work in India. He mentions that almost all of the congregations that he went to to ask for help rejected his idea. The leadership in most congregations told him this was a pointless task, that it could not be done, and those heathens in India would never believe in the gospel. What do we got going on right there in that little picture? We got people who are judging a nation. Judging those, they're saying, oh, those heathens, they, they're not going to become Christians. Christians who are judging other people don't have a clue what they're like. So J.C. Bailey sold everything he had. He carried very little with him. He had very little support. He went over to India, established a church in those foreign lands. Today, in India, there are over one million New Testament Christians. Hallelujah. He had the faith to believe that it could be done. He did it. He sacrificed everything he had. Jesus is still disgusted today with the weak faith and leadership of many churches. Faith is something that should be very challenging in our lives. I kind of like to look at faith as the power of God that is at work. We, we want to tap into his power to be able to do something. Faith is ability to heal, to, to do good things, to be a wonderful person to people around you. We must have a good attitude. So the father says, all right, I'm going to bring the boy over to Jesus. I believe he can do it. Continuing on now in Mark 9, verse 20. And they brought the boy to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit threw him into a convulsion and falling to the ground. He began rolling about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often thrown him into both the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you could do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried and began saying, I do believe, help my unbelief. What do you think about that? That very last sentence. I do believe. Help my unbelief. We all go through periods of times in our life when we have challenges, unbelief. We believe. We're at the top of this burning building. I believe. Now help me with my unbelief to take the plunge to save my life from this fire. It's either being burned up here or be saved by taking that leap of faith. The boy has a serious problem, very serious. And Jesus knew 
that he was going to be able to help him. Notice the reaction of Jesus to the Father. Jesus states, Jesus says, if you can, we can believe. We can have the faith. It's 95% good enough. I talked to a basketball coach one time after the game. They had lost the game. It was a really close, hard-fought game. He says, you know, the girls gave 110%, and that's all I can ask. God isn't asking for 95%. He's asking for 110%. We either believe or we don't. As it says in Revelations, I wish you were either hot or cold. None of this lukewarm stuff. Jesus says, believe. Finally at the end, Jesus heals the boy. And he says, it is by prayer. He said, they asked him, how come the disciples couldn't heal him? This demon need to be driven out by prayer. Now this congregation here, Buffalo Lake Lutheran Church, is a very prayerful, prayerful communication, communi- community. Excuse me. There's a lot of faith over here. Strong faith. There's a lot of prayer. A lot of commitment to God. And that's what we need to do. We need to rebuke the evil one and keep the faith. As Jesus says, when he saw the crowd was rapidly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and do not enter him again. And after crying out and throwing him into a terrible convulsion, it came out, and the boy became so much like a corpse that most of them said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, raised him up, and got him up. And when he had come into the house, his disciples began questioning him privately. Why couldn't we cast him out? And Jesus said to them, This kind cannot come out by anything but by prayer. That's why it's so important to communicate with God each and every day. When you get up in the morning, through the course of the day, give God the glory, the praise, the honor. Thank you, God. God bless you. Whatever you might be encountering, whether it's good or bad, God is always there for you. He will never hang up the phone on you. It's not going to be a drop call. Like, I had this case, I was talking to somebody over in the Philippines trying to get something started for a subscription because that's where the Aberdeen paper and Watertown paper have this stuff in Philippines now. Some over there, I'm calling him, get towards the end and... uh, she says, oh, one more thing. Clunk. Lost the call. It's like, really? Almost got it to the end and the call was dropped. After 20 minutes. Of course, I'm not a very patient person. I need to work on that. My patience sometimes gets a little bit short, but with God, he'll teach us the patience and he will not hang up the phone. We will not have a lost call 
when Jesus is talking to us. He's not going to say, oh, one more thing and then hang up. No, no, no. God will be there. He will finish the sentence. You will hear the sentence and it will be up to you to decide whether to accept it or not. You have that choice to believe unconditionally, 110%, that God is king, sovereign, and that he is on your side. There's this one church that took a unique way of trying to establish a stronger faith in their community. Listen to how this one church deals with faith and prayer. I think it's very interesting. They are a 1,000-member congregation. How they oversaw their work. The elders met four times a month. The first week, they prayed for the entire congregation by name. A thousand people. They prayed for everybody. Because everybody is important in the congregation. The second week, they looked at some of the future directions of the congregation. And they prayed for their future, what they need to do as a congregation. The third week they prayed for every work, every ministry, and the minister in the congregation. So all the ministry work that's being done in the congregation, the third week they prayed for that. And the fourth week, they met with various people in the congregation. They visited them. They went out to visit with them in their homes. The elders of this 100, this 1,000 uh, people who would be so busy, they realized that they must pray first and foremost of all. You see, spiritual leaders cannot guide a flock, members cannot have a strong faith, and ministers cannot preach if there is not prayer. Prayer is the center point of our congregation because it links us with God Almighty. We must have that faith. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing the message and hearing of the word of God. Faith is everything that we should be driven in our lives. It should become second nature to us. And failure to believe on 110% means you better pray. Open the Bible, read the scriptures. Pray to God. Because prayer and God, you know, there's a future ahead coming up for us. This future is temporary. What are we doing to, to enhance it for us and for those around us? And sometimes we are not challenged enough or sometimes we will take a no attitude right out of the gate. Oh, no, we're not going to do that. Why? Oh, because. We've never done it that way before. How many times have I heard that in various situations? We've never done it that way before. Well, maybe it's time to take a look at the picture again and examine it and see maybe that is the way to go. 
Or maybe we could take it and tweak it and make it better over here. The brain is a very powerful, most powerful thing we have in our body. We can think about things. We can analyze it. And we can take action. But we have to pray and have faith. I'm going to read Psalm 40. That's a... It's a, to the chief musician, a psalm of David, faith preserving in trial. Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done. And your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I were to declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me, I delight to do your will, O my God. And your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed to be brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame. Who say to me, Aha! Let those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O my God. If you read through that psalm, you can encounter several areas where there is faith being put into action. And if you didn't see it, read it through again. And then you're, when you're reading through it at home, 
Okay, where is the faith being coming into the picture? I'm going to just say for one thing, the very last verse. Do not delay. Oh my God. Faith right there. Do not delay. He's asking God to act now. Many times throughout the scriptures, talks about faith, talks about trust, talks about God. Where are we in that picture? That's a question for each one of us to answer. It takes faith and prayer to grow spiritually, honorably, and within our families, our communities, and our lives. Let us pray to God. Let us continue to grow in the faith. And whatever may come your way, take a leap of faith, knowing that God has your back. Amen. May the grace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in the true Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.